Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder with Silver and Black Pride here. The Raiders are on fire right now after back-to-back road wins on a two-game road trip. And they've got their first chance to get retribution this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. So for this week's Behind Enemy Lines podcast, please welcome back Nick Cothrell from Charger Report, Sports Illustrated site that covers all things Chargers. Nick, how you doing, man? Good. Good as always. Thanks for having me, Matt. Looking forward to uh, this AFC West matchup this weekend. Awesome. So it's been about 12 weeks or three months since we talked during the season opener. So tell me, what's changed about the Chargers' uh, outlook for this season? Well, I'm sure, as you know, Matt, like injuries have just plagued the Chargers all season. And, you know, it, originally it was all it seemed like it was all on offense. They were down a bunch of their skill guys, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, you know, um, lose Rashawn Slater. Corey Lindsley's been in and out. But now it's some of those guys are starting to come back. And now all the injuries seem like they're shifting towards the defensive side of the ball, uh, just really hitting hitting the interior of that defensive line particularly hard. So uh, I guess since things, since the Raiders and Chargers have played last, uh, just the complexity of, of their roster has really changed a lot. Um, and just kind of, you know, the Chargers having to rely on, you know, that cl- that cliche, just the next man up, because they really haven't had an option. And it's kind of two cliches involved, like obviously next man up and then just Chargers are going to charge it. I don't whatever's right? going yeah. on out, whatever going on over, over there. They always seem to have injuries and always seem to be one of the most banged up teams in the league. So um, they do. I do want to ask you right now, because they are sitting at six and five, about a game behind the Jets for the third wildcard spot. And they have the Raiders, Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Rams and Broncos to finish out the year. So real quickly, can you give me a record prediction and how confident are you that the Chargers end up making the playoffs? You know, it's it's going to be tough. So they're heading into last week. Uh, the way I looked at it was like they were they're gonna have to win five of the next seven. Obviously, they they won last week by going uh, for that for that two point conversion that ultimately uh, sealed it for them. So now now they got to get the ten wins is the way I see it. So like la- last year, obviously the Raiders knocked them off and kept them out of the playoffs, and they finished with nine wins. I think they got to get to that that ten win mark. Uh, so th- so they got to win for the next six. Um, four of those teams right now have a losing record. So. You know, I, I do think that, that it is possible, but also like the Chargers, their last four games have all been decided within the final minute. Um, and they've all been des- obviously decided by, by uh, one, one score. So, you know, they, they play a lot of close games. So really anything can happen right now. I kind of, I kind of side with them uh, getting, getting to the 10 wins because um, they, they have like got like guys like Joey Bosa and Mike Williams, are both expected to come back during the stretch run. They get in the playoffs where Sean Slater can possibly come back. So that'll be big for them. Um, so like, I kind of just see them kind of building momentum as things go along. Um, and so, yeah, I, I see them getting in exactly at, at 10 wins. I don't think they, I, I don't see them, you know, getting to 11 or 12 or anything, but uh, I can see them getting in with 10. 
Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. It feels like this week is, is like pretty much like a must win week. Cause if you're talking four out of six, well, you got the yeah. Raiders this week, big game, obviously a big game, going to be a tough matchup. And then the Dolphins and Titans next Two those are the two winning teams. So if you lose three in a row, like that's going to be morally deflating and, and go to finish out the season and have to be in a, a winner go home for the next three weeks. So I feel like this is a big week for the Chargers for sure. No doubt. Yeah, def- definitely kind of kind of one of those weeks that you that, that they need to be looking at as like kind of a muscling situation uh, just because of those teams coming up next with the Dolphins and Titans. Both of them are at home. So, you know, that's that's better than than having to you know, go all the way across the country to Miami or uh, even even Tennessee. But uh, e- even at home, you know, that's that's going to be tough no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Well, let's move on to everyone's favorite, uh, quote unquote, social media quarterback, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but it does feel like people are starting to turn a little bit on Justin Herbert and maybe the honeymoon period's over. So I'm curious, why do you think that is? I, th- I think they're, j- they, I think it's people that aren't exactly kind of like w- watching him t- too, too closely. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors, you know, Justin hasn't been as, as good as he was last year, or even his rookie year, but like it kind of laid out, he's without his all pro left tackle. He's been sure, without, yeah. he's only had Keenan Allen um, for, you know, a little over, I want to say eight to nine quarters of football this season. And, you know, Keenan Allen's that guy that Justin looks at on, th- on all those crucial third downs. Uh, I believe last year he actually uh, was second in the league in like third down conversions. So like losing that is a bit, is a big element. Um, and then, Mike Williams has been in and out. Um, they, they really haven't been able to run the ball. Um, the offensive line has been, has been, you know, fine in pass protection in terms of, you know, sacks or towards the bottom of the league, but they really haven't been getting much push um, from, from the offensive line. So it's kind of turned them into a one dimensional t- type of offense. And then with, with the injuries, you know, Austin Eckler is on pace to set the record for the most receptions by by a running back in a single season, just based based with all those injuries. So it's been a lot of it's been a lot of you know underneath type throws. So you really haven't seen that Justin Herbert flash kind of like you did last year uh, when the Chargers fin- finished as a top five offense. So I think there's kind of kind of a lot of factors. The play calling probably hasn't been uh, nearly as good as it as it had been under Joe Lombardi last season. Uh, so just kind of a lot of factors at play and. You know the, the Chargers have they've it's kind of been a roller coaster for them. They've they've went on like a, a three game winning streak, and then they've had they've they've had their their situations where they're you know Brandon Staley's going for it, and this year it's kind of it's kind of bit them in the butt, and they've lost. So you know I, I just think that it's it's Justin Herbert kind of has turned into a little bit of a punching bag from some of the you know the national pundits, but uh, you know, I, I think for, for the most part, at least locally, uh, people aren't really turning on Justin just yet. Yeah, it is funny. And I mean, I know Raider fans know this well. It's the quarterback is always the easy target when the team's not performing like like you would. But, totally. And you mentioned like missing all the weapons. And the one thing that you did say that stood out to me was, you know, he's been throwing shorter. So I think that is part of it. You know, he's not getting those obscene crosses body on the move 60 yard bombs that we were seeing last year. Like the the one play that I think everyone everyone can recall. So I'm curious, do you think that's more from him just adjusting to not having his guys or is he making a conservative effort to maybe check the ball down more, which I know is something that people had, uh, had been wanting to see from him? I think there's kind of a lot that goes into it. I think it's even when they were healthy, like going into the season, really like their only legitimate speed threat was Jalen Guyton and he, he tore his ACL in week three and he hasn't been there. 
So then it's been like DeAndre Carter has kind of turned into, into that, you know, guy that, that they can hit deep. Um, and even for him, like they signed him initially to, to be um, a returner. And so he's kind of, you know, stepped into a role um, and it's, it's taken time for him and him and Justin to get on the same page and kind of seen a little bit, a little bit more of him in recent weeks where DeAndre Carter's really been able to shine, but you know, even entering the season, they, they didn't exactly have a ton of speed. And then when injuries hit, it really limited them. You know, there were games where they, they, they were they were trotting out three guys that started the year on the practice Jeez. squad as as guys that were were active. So you know the Raiders know Keelan Doss like he was a guy that <laughs> that they called up from the practice squad uh, to to play. Um, so it's 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 been it's been that. And then I also think that you know people look at like try, you know because Justin is kind of in that in that same you know in that's in that same level with like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. But Justin isn't like that gunslinger type. Like he would much rather, you know, it. He, he, to me, he he seems like the guy that would much rather check it down than than turn over the ball. He seems a lot more cautious than you know, like the Josh Allen, where he kind of uh, he kind of has that mindset, like he can just make any throw, and sometimes it'll come back to bite him. I think Justin's a lot more cautious in that regard. So I think that also plays into him not not slinging it downfield nearly as much uh, when when guys aren't open because they just don't have the speed and they're just not separating. So you mentioned uh, DeAndre Carter, which is actually a nice transition because he was the next guy I was going to ask you about. And I know with Keenan Allen coming back, Carter's kind of been filling in in the slot with Allen out. So with Keenan Allen coming back, what does DeAndre Carter's role look like in this offense? Well, you know, it, it kind of depends because like, so, so Keenan's back now, but Mike, Mike Williams his status is kind of to be right. determined right now. So Keenan, you know, with, with Keenan and DeAndre Carter, they, they've both kind of kind of flip-flopped, you know, um, from in the slot and outside uh, along the boundary. Um, so I just imagine they continue continue to do that um, just with, with without Mike Williams out there. And then they also have Joshua Palmer, who's who's stepped up. Uh, two of his last four games over 100 yards. So he's He's really been the guy, especially when Keenan Allen and Mike Holmes are both out. They really turned to Joshua Palmer. So it's kind of like Joshua Palmer on the outside, and then Keenan Allen and DeAndre Carter are kind of flipping inside and outside, um, at least until Mike Williams comes back. And for this Sunday, it's we'll probably know a lot more as we get closer, but uh, he didn't practice at all last week after re-aggravating his ankle um, after coming back. So he'll kind of be a wait and see as the week progresses. It's funny you bring up Josh Palmer too, because obviously I think last time we talked, I think I brought him up as as a guy that so many Raider fans might want to know. And like you mentioned, with Allen being out for most of the year and Williams being gone for the last few weeks, like it does seem like Palmer has started to emerge. So how has his role changed into the offense in the offense since week one? Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, massive. I mean, he he was a guy that that really shined in training camp, but then the first couple weeks you didn't really notice him quite as much because of, you know, the other guys that we've talked about, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, DeAndre Carter initially got off to, to a pretty hot start. Um, but dur- during their absence, you know, Joshua Palmer has really been the guy uh, that, that they've, they've had to turn to. It's like, there were, there were games where it was Joshua Palmer and Austin Eckler were like leading the team in receiving each week <laughs> because the other guys were practice squad call-ups. So they really didn't have a whole lot of options to turn towards, but Joshua Palmer has, has really stepped up when, when they needed him. Uh, he's a guy who really like all throughout training camp, 
I was writing as well as others, just how good he looked is his rot running is, was really something that, that stood out to me. Um, and so it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a slow, it's slow and steady progression, but, uh, right now I, he's definitely playing the best ball, um, that he has, you know, since getting drafted last season. Um, there's no doubt about it. Just kind of, you know, he, he, he's, he's that guy where he's, he's kind of like, he's, he's a big physical build, but he, he hasn't, you know, at least in the past kind of, kind of played like it, but there's been some times where he's kind of come up with some 50, 50 balls and, uh, really starting to come into his own. How about tight end Gerald Everett? Has he uh, been a factor in the the Chargers passing game this season? Yeah, he you know he he's a guy that's kind of had his moments as well. Like uh, to to start the year, I believe he had a touchdown each of the first two games, and then there was kind of like a, a silent silent stretch uh, for him. But he's he started to come on. Uh, he obviously caught the uh, the two point conversion that that won it for the Chargers last week. But uh, you know he's he's kind of turned the tight end position into more of a weapon than what the chargers have had uh, with, with Jared, with Jared cook the, in the previous season. So he's a, he's a guy that's, that's played a pivotal part. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, he seems like a guy that him and Justin really clicked early um, in building that chemistry with, with Gerald coming over from, from Seattle and just having that, the, the training camp to, to, to find that chemistry. And it's just kind of built uh, as the season's gone on. So I always hate talking about the Chargers running backs on this show because everyone or every Raider fan knows who Austin Eckler is and what he brings to the table. And it feels like they always have a revolving door for whoever's behind them. Like, I don't know, like the last few years, it seems like that's been anyone's job of the taking, but nobody wants it. So who is that guy right now that's behind Austin Eckler? Well, due to the injuries, you know, the common <laughs> theme of the Chargers, it's, it's changed throughout the year. So to start the year was Joshua Kelly and he looked awesome he was running very you know he, he, he was he's just that big physical back and he was running through guys he was averaging uh 4.5 yards per carry before he got injured against the browns in and week six uh so he looked like the chargers finally found that rb2 behind austin eckler which eckler you know to, to go into the season he had been very vocal that he he kind of needs a guy to, right. to step in and challenge him for carries just the year before, he, he had 20 touchdowns, very productive, but they were kind of running him into the ground. And so it was clear they needed another back in there. Joshua Kelly had really stepped up. Um, and then he he suffered an MCL sprain. So that that caused that caused him to go on injured reserve. Then things kind of shifted between a little bit of a Sony Michelle mix, and then Isaiah Spiller got in there. Spiller looked to to really, you know, kind of earn that role um during Kelly's absence and and kind of take over as the RB2. And then last week was the first week where Kelly was back with Spiller. And so it kind of seemed like last week, Kelly and Spiller were kind of kind of sharing, I guess you could say, like the RB2 rotational back type of role. Uh, so right now it's it seems like it's between those two guys. Right, I would say Kelly definitely is has proven more this season, but uh, both of those guys seem to kind of bring a little bit of different dimension to the running game that Austin Eckler doesn't you know Eckler is just that very versatile guy with low center of gravity you know very strong uh but the other guys are kind of more the brute the bruiser type of backs so it's kind of you know it kind of counteracts one another I'm not sure if I missed this in when you're uh when you're talking but when did Kelly come back was last week his first week back yeah last week last week was his, was his first week back he only had I believe like four carries so it was there wasn't a whole lot there uh, but uh, before he went down, he he was looking really good. 
Gotcha. So you think they're trying to maybe trying to like ease him in and maybe this week might be the week that he gets more carries and maybe out touches uh, Spiller. Yeah, that, that, that could be, you know, like even throughout last week's practice, he, he was going through practice with a pretty extensive brace on his knee. Um, so, but, and I asked him like, how, like how, just how healthy is the knee? He kind of said like, it's, it's good enough. So I think, <laughs> I, I think, he, you know, there was a little bit of like, he's healthy, he's healthy enough to play, but I don't think the team wanted to really push it too much. So, yeah, I think you could definitely see him getting, you know, touching the ball more than, more than four times like he did last week. Makes sense. On the offensive line, by far the biggest difference from the season opener is that Rashawn Slater won't be playing. So who's going to line up that left tackle for the Chargers? Yeah, so since uh, since Slater went down, they they turned to uh, sixth round pick Jamari Salyer out of Georgia. Uh, I'm sure you know him, Matt, from all your scouting stuff. Right. You know, being the the left tackle of, of the national championship Bulldogs, but uh, he's he's been a guy that when they were dra- when they drafted him, they he they they used him at guard all throughout camp and in the preseason, and then when Jamari went down, they kicked him out to tackle, and he really has played well. I mean obviously he hasn't played as well as an all pro like like right, Sean right. has but for a six round rookie to step in and do what he has um it he like his first I believe his first five games he hadn't allowed a sack and you know some of those were he was going up against Miles Garrett so wow. it, he 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 got thrown you know kind of into the fire right away really getting tested um the last two weeks he has he has given up a sack but you know that like any rookie, you're gonna have you're gonna have right. your ups, you're gonna have your downs. But I wouldn't say he's been like a liability or anything. Um, but I guess I guess the more concerning thing for the Chargers is uh, Trey Pipkins, their starting right tackle. He's dealt with an MCL injury, and so he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Uh, he left the game last week and didn't return. So they could be um, they they could be putting in their Foster Sorrell who's only started one game in his NFL career. So that could kind of be one of those, those matchups that the Raiders look to exploit with Max Crosby coming off the edge. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, it, I was going to ask you about the right tackle situation because I saw that. Because I remember, I think I was watching, it's like, it must have been Sunday Night Football where, where Sorrell made his first start. And he, he looked all right. I mean, I know he had his few moments where he got beat towards yeah. the end. I think he, he got the old announcer sheet. And yeah. I think it came right as like Chris Collins with someone was praising him with the old, the old announcer's <laughs> jinx. But um, so, yeah, I am curious, you know, you know, as far as Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, how do you think those that matches up with the the Chargers with seems like like replacement guys at, at, at offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I think Jamar uh, Jamari really hasn't been like a, a concern pretty much since since he stepped in. He it's it's been pretty sound protection from his side. Obviously, there's been situations 
Uh, Foster Sorrell, like like you said, he 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 fared fairly well uh, two weeks ago on Sunday Night Football, and that was going up against Nick Bosa. Now they did do a a bunch of chipping throughout that game to kind of give him you know additional protection, and rightfully so. So if he's the guy, I'd imagine that's that's going to be the game plan. For, uh, for slowing down Max Crosby because we all we all know what he's capable of, but uh, I definitely think that uh, Crosby's probably going to have the upper hand if if uh, they do have to go with Sorrell and you know Trey Pipkins he's had this MCL injury for about six weeks now and he's only missed one game, but there has been quite a few situations where he has he has to come come out of the game for for certain lengths at, lengths at a time because of that injury and he hasn't quite been the same, but you know credit to him playing through an MCL sprain. Uh, but uh, it, it seems like right now there there is a chance that he he isn't able to go this Sunday. Gotcha. What about the interior guys? We got an update on a first round pick Zion Johnson for us. Zion started out awesome, and then the last two weeks he's he's kind of he, he he's kind of hit a rough patch. Um, one of those games was against Chris Jones, and you know he's probably the best interior guy not named Aaron <laughs> yeah. Donald at this point. So. You know, you, you, you kind of give him a break there, but uh, he kind of got he kind of got pushed around a little bit last week against the Cardinals. But you know, it, it's a lot of the Chargers fans are, were, were you know kind of pointing that out. But I, to an extent, you know, r- what Rashawn Slater did was just un- unprecedented. Like w- most of these rookies come in, and there is going to be that learning curve. Right, and yeah. I I still think Zion Johnson is is going to be a, a stud player, but. The last couple of weeks have have probably been his roughest stretch. Um, so, yeah, you know the, that's gonna that's gonna kind of be one that we we see how how that's gonna unfold. Uh, but next to him, Corey Lindsley, he was uh, putting concussion protocol. He suffered a concussion last week uh, during the game, so that's gonna be one to see how how that plays out because he really is the glue to that offensive line. Uh, he's he's missed two games this season, and when he's not in there, the offensive line looks completely different. Um, not in a good way. So <laughs> he really is kind of the, the guy that's that's getting everybody lined up. And he's I believe he's grading out by PFF as the number one center of the season. So it, when he's not in there, it's it's a real substantial blow for, for that O-line. So if he can't play, they're going to turn to Will Clapp, um, former Saint. He he you know, he has he has a bunch of experience, but uh, definitely not what uh, Corey Lindsay's provided. Well, I feel like, too, with with Lindsay being a veteran guy and you know, obviously rookie guy to his left uh, Zion Johnson is a rookie guy one out to his left as a backup uh, left tackle and, and sailor. And, you know, you have Foster Sorrell or whoever at right tackle, like they could use that guy in the middle in, in the, in the center of the offensive line to be setting the protection and taking care of all, all the mental stuff and all that veteran leadership too, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears here to the defensive side of the ball. And the theme of the show here, chargers injuries, they let go, tra- Jerry Tillery go. Then had a couple guys go on IR. Um, so my question is really who's just left the defensive tackle? Like who's going to be lining up for the chargers in the, in the trenches? Yeah. So like they have Sebastian Joseph day, who was one of their, you know, marquee signings in free agency. He's, he's still there. Uh, but they, they've lost, they've lost a lot of guys. So right now it's, it's Sebastian Joseph day and Morgan Fox, uh, Morgan Fox, uh, was with Carolina last year. He was with Staley and the Rams, um, in LA in, tw- in 2020. So those are their two starters. Morgan Fox is kind of more of a, an interior type of pass rushing type of guy. Whereas, you know, Joseph Day is, is that guy that really prioritized stopping the run. Uh, but they, they've, the Chargers, they've had a, they've had a look elsewhere. They signed Tyler Davidson off the Browns practice squad. 
uh, to, to come in and, and, and kind of be a, you know, a, a depth guy for them. Uh, but it's, it's really been, you know, they, they had, they lost four guys within a span of two weeks, one of those being Jerry Tillery. So it's, it's an area that the, the Raiders are really going to be able to exploit because all the other teams have in recent weeks. Uh, so I'd imagine that uh, the run game is probably going to be going crazy again for Las Vegas. So more hypothetical, and uh, I know hindsight's always twenty twenty. Do you think, had they known, obviously uh, injuries are impossible to predict, but had they known, or do you, do you think they wish they would not have released Tillery? That's the best way to phrase that question uh, now that they're so down at, at defensive tackle. Ideally, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they would. But, uh, you know, the, the, the thing with Jerry Tillery, it, it, it kind of came out, it was a little surprising. But then, you know, it was, uh, at least I, I learned that Jerry Tillery and the team kind of, they, they kind of had some, you know, co- conflicting beliefs. Tillery wanted to be playing more um, after, after some of the other guys went down. The Chargers, you know, kind of wanted to see him battle it out. So they couldn't quite get on the same page. And, I guess, you know, his, his mindset couldn't get turned around and it was starting to kind of impact the locker room. So they, they moved on. Uh, I'm sure they wish they could have, you know, salvaged that because of all of the injuries that followed uh, following his release. But uh, yeah, they're kind of in a tough spot now. And, you know, now, now it's the revenge game's here. For sure. The other thing you mentioned that I wanted to ask you on was the, the struggles stopping the run. I think Daniel Popper of the athletic, uh, shared an article or tweeted it out that they're literally like the worst run defense. So averaging like five and a half yards per carry since like 2000. Do you think yeah. the struggles at defensive tackle have played a factor in that? Or is that just one of the many things that, have, uh, you know, contributed to that so lack of success? They were struggling early in the season, but it seemed like, uh, like they're, you know, like you mentioned the, the yards per carry given up, it seemed like early on it was be, it was because of like one or two big, splash runs i believe the first from like week two to like week six they had given up a run over like 50 yards or more so that was kind of inflating that total but now since since the injuries have piled up it really hasn't mattered it's just been you know they they just haven't been able to stop stop the run at all um so it was bad before and it just went from bad to worse um so that's kind of where they are now they've given up over 150 in the last five games they're bottom five and stopping the run. So it's just, it's just kind of who they are at this point. So I know you brought up Joey Bosa and his timetable for return earlier, but I'm curious, is there any chance he might play this week? Or is there any word been any word on that so far? No, he's pretty much, there's not really a chance that, that he's uh, ready this soon. He's probably still a few weeks away, at least. Gotcha. Uh, that's kind of the signal that Brandon Saley's giving. Gotcha. And then any uh, before we wrap up on the defensive line, any updates on Khalil Mack? How's the how's the former Raider doing over there? Is he still still the same menace? He's still the same menace, Matt. <laughs> you know Khalil. All the Raider fans know what Khalil is capable of. Uh, if they had Joey, I think we'd even be able to see to to see Khalil, you know, dominate kind of like he did in that in that Week One game. That's been his best game so far this season. Uh, I don't think that's. I also don't think that's by accident. I think. I think there's a little more feel to it when he plays the Raiders and, and gets to kind of, you know, talk crap to Derek Carr a little bit, you know, chirping his ear. So we'll see. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be amped up for this one again. So before we start to wrap up here, I want to talk about the defensive backs and you shared with me, you know, Derwin James snap counts a little while back and he's all over the field. 
lining up at all three, all three levels at the edge linebacker back at the safety, of course, covering the slot sometimes too. So what does he mean to this Chargers defense? Is it safe to say that he's the heart, heart and soul of that defense? I think it's very safe to say that. Yeah, he's he he moves all over and kind of in in slew of all of the the run game the run defense being you know as bad as it is, the Chargers have actually moved Derwin James at times at edge. He he the last couple of weeks he's seen about you know anywhere from like eight to twelve snaps at edge rusher, um, and then they'll bring on their third round pick J T Woods. Um, and he kind of plays the, right. the deep safety role. Um, so at times they're going with three safeties and they kind of put Derwin in there just because of how good of a tackler he is. Uh, but, you know, like you mentioned, like just when you kind of like look at his snap counts, he's, he's playing safety, he's playing edge, he's playing linebacker, he's playing, you know, slot corner. He, he moves all over. So he's a guy that's just going to constantly be moving, probably one that Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels are really keeping a close eye on. Uh, Darren Waller was healthy. I'd imagine he would probably be matched up on him for large portions of the game. Uh, I think you're probably going to see Devontae Adams on him at times. Uh, last week, they matched him up against DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one. Uh, he had an interception on kind of a 50-50 ball between those two. And, you know, we kind of know DeAndre Hopkins is probably one of the better contested uh, contested catch receivers in the game. So, you know, Derwin really – he he forced two, two t- takeaways last week and – uh, you know, he's just kind of like you mentioned, he really is just that glue to the defense. So I'd imagine part of the reason why Derwin James is out there covering guys like DeAndre Hopkins is because JC Jackson's obviously out and done for the year. But as a lot of people have pointed out, JC Jackson wasn't playing well this year when he was on the yeah. field. So I'm curious, all right, two questions for you. Who's kind of replacing Jackson at corner? Is that Derwin James or and is that has the secondary actually improved without Jackson in the lineup? You know, it's tough because so they they turned to Michael Davis, who was their starter last season and the year before. Uh, so it wasn't like they they had to you know g- turn turn the page to one of their options coming off the bench. Uh, and this guy doesn't have a whole lot of experience because Michael Davis had been their starter um, in in previous seasons. So in that in that perspective, like they were actually okay. And like you said, like as bad as J.C. Jackson was playing. Yeah, it probably does look look like an upgrade right now. I don't think JC was going to play like that all year. Like what sure. what he was doing in camp, he looked like an elite cover corner. Um, and he said before he he got injured, like it was affecting him mentally, and it, it had gotten into his head. And um, obviously, it showed with with his play. So I I felt like deep down he was going to get it turned around. I don't know if it was going to be nearly to to the you know to what he was able to do in New England, but. There's no way he was going to play like that all season. So I do think, though, that, you know, with Michael Davis in there, they they have really kind of take, taken a step in their, in their coverage. Uh, Derwin James, with with him kind of being deployed at corner, uh, that just that just comes down to, you know, quite frankly, even though he's a safety, he's like the, he's their best cover guy. So in certain <laughs> spots, they, they want to they want to put him on the you know opposing team's best player. When they played the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey caught the game-winning touchdown, Derwin James was covering Travis Kelsey. Derwin hadn't allowed a catch covering Kelsey all game with him manned up on him until that final catch. And a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, Travis Kelsey burned mm-hmm. Derwin. He killed him all day. It just happened to be the, the last play, um, which obviously hurt. And you know, Derwin owned it after the game. But he's he's really been the guy that 
in crunch time, they're going to put him against the opposing team's number one. It's funny. I I feel like corner and offensive line are are similar in that, like, you can have a great game for 59 plays, but if you screw up once, everyone thinks you sucked. Like, it's it's hilarious (laughs) how it always works out. So last question, I just need a status check on Brandon Staley's job security because I swear to God, depending on who you talk to, he's either the greatest <laughs> coach in the NFL or the absolute worst, no in between. So what is the, uh, what's the fan base's perception of Staley right now? The fan base's perception is he's not the guy. Ooh. Yeah, that's the fan base's perce- perception. Now, they're six and five. They're the most injured team in the NFL. And I know fans are not going to want to hear, you know, the injury talk and they had, you know, the expectations entering the season were, were they weren't just expected to make the playoffs or expected to make like a legitimate run. I think those expectations have definitely been tamed just with everything that's transpired. Um, but, you know, I, I, I hate being the guy to continue to just, you know, harp on these injuries. But <laughs> when, when I was looking at like, like, I wrote down like literally every player that was injured and how many games they've missed. And I, it was just baffling that they were still playing competitive football um, as far as the way that I've seen it. Now, do they need to make the playoffs for his job to be safe? Probably so. Uh, so right now I would say, you know, may, maybe it, it, it's, it's do or die time, I guess, I guess is, is the way I look at it. And I think that's kind of something that needs to be assessed at the end of the year uh, just based on, you know, the expectations were high. They spent a ton of money. Sure. The injuries have happened. He's kind of kept them in it, but he's also had, you know, decision decisions that have came back to haunt him um, as well. You know, he's not alone. Other coaches do too. Uh, But so I kind of think right now it's kind of like you make the playoffs. He's probably back another year. If they don't, then uh, they're probably going to have to take a hard look at that. Awesome. Nick. Well, appreciate you coming on the podcast for the second time this year. Real quick, give everyone a reminder where they can follow you so we keep tabs on the enemy. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Nick Cothrell, and then all my work is uh, on chargerreport.com, part of the Sports Illustrated uh, media group. And then, Matt, before we wrap up, I have one question for you. Sounds How good. has Jerry Tillery looked in his two games with the Raiders? So he hasn't, like, like I, I think he might have, like, one tackle on the stat sheet, and he hasn't, like, really popped off, doesn't have, like, a pressure or a sack or anything. But what I can say, whatever he did has unlocked Bilal Nichols. Like, I think Marcus and I, uh, Marcus Johnson and I were talking about it. Like, Bilal Nichols at one point was like the most double teamed um, pass rusher, the most double teamed defensive tackle and pass rush in like the NFL because the Raiders just had no other guy that can interior rush. Like, Andrew Bill, like everyone else is just a run defender. And then Jerry Tillery comes along and and Bilal Nichols is all of a sudden like the greatest interior pass rusher alive. Like he's had like two, two of his best games. He's like getting pressure consistently. And like, so like Jerry Tillery, like he hasn't necessarily like made a huge impact, like on the stat sheet, but whether it's lighting a fire under Bilal Nichols or just taking the pressure off of him, because Tillery is a decent pass rusher. Like that's yeah. just helped unlock them. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I, I don't know what it is. So We'll see. That's I'm kind of hoping Tillery can have a breakout uh, breakout game against his, uh, get some uh, retribution for himself. So, yeah, I'd imagine he's he's probably going to be fired up for this one. At least this season, while he was yeah. with the Chargers, he he was generating some push um, from a pass rush standpoint. But when teams would run the bottom, it it didn't look pretty. So, um, yeah. I saw. I think it was his first game. I caught a little bit of that, and I saw he he came up with one run stop. Uh, but other yeah. than that, I hadn't seen much. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's about it.
Well, Nick, I'm about to lose you here for a second. But anyway, for anyone listening, you guys know where to find me on Twitter, Adam Holder 95. Make sure you follow Silver and Black Pride too. Till next time, guys.